I'm Rachel and I'm obsessed with all things periods, pregnancy, pelvic floor and helping women just like you to navigate all of life's major milestones. I'm a physiotherapist and natural fertility educator and my passion is teaching women how to take control of their health. Fertility, pregnancy, nutrition and menstrual cycle health, we'll dive deep into all of it right here. All those questions you've been secretly Googling, all those things you're too embarrassed to ask your doctor because, well, we're women. Shouldn't we just know this stuff? So get comfy and get ready to finally have all of your questions answered. Hit subscribe now and let me teach you what they never taught us in health class. Hello, and thank you for joining me on yet another episode of the podcast. Today, I want to talk about birth control and emergency contraception. So accidents can happen. You can do everything right and be so careful, but sometimes the condom breaks or he doesn't make it out in time. No method of contraception is 100% foolproof except abstinence. And you have to remember, even the pill, you have to take it every day for it to be effective. So nothing is 100% foolproof. So In this episode, I want to talk about your options for emergency contraception if you're currently practicing natural birth control, just so that you know what your options are if something happens. So like I said, things happen. And so if pregnancy is not an option for you, then you may like to start thinking about your options for emergency contraception. And this is always something that I recommend with anyone that I work with who's practicing natural birth control. Um... They need to have a plan in place. They need to at least have thought about this. But this isn't just limited to practicing natural birth control. So all methods of birth control have a risk. Nothing is 100% effective. Condoms aren't 100% effective. The pill isn't 100% effective. And like I said, abstinence is literally the only thing that will guarantee that you will not get pregnant. But this is obviously something that you need to think about if you're sexually active and wanting to avoid pregnancy. And it's probably something that's thought about more as we get a little older, and especially for those who do use natural methods of birth control. But I don't think young people that are routinely being prescribed the pill are likely getting the opportunity to have these conversations because hormonal birth control is ultimately considered foolproof. So if you're on that, you're fine. And so it's your responsibility really to have a plan in place for that one time when shit happens. Maybe you forget to take the pill or you throw up after taking it. Maybe the condom breaks. Maybe he doesn't make it out in time. There are so many different factors and things that can happen that are ultimately out of our control. And so it is something that we need to think about if we are sexually active, but not wanting to get pregnant. So I recently had a conversation about this very subject with someone who's currently charting her cycle and practicing natural birth control. And unfortunately her partner didn't withdraw in time. And so she wanted to know if emergency contraception was necessary. And it really got me thinking about this whole day 14 ovulation myth that we've all been fed and about how asking that same question to a practitioner that subscribes to this myth could have really serious consequences. So say, for example, this incident, this whoopsie happened on day 21 of your cycle. If you went to see a general medical practitioner who went with the 28-day cycle this day 14 ovulation way of thinking, they'd potentially tell you that you were fine because they'd be thinking, well, you ovulated on day 14, you're not still going to be fertile on day 21. But if you had a longer cycle and for what 
whatever many number of reasons you ovulated later than expected, say day 17 or 18 or literally any day that isn't day 14, but is later than day 14, then there is absolutely a chance that you could be fertile on day 21 when this happened. And that means that pregnancy is possible. This is why understanding your cycle and knowing when you're fertile is so important. And look, I'm sure most practitioners would probably err on the side of caution and recommend emergency birth control just in case, but you absolutely want to know if it's necessary or not. So I am, of course, extremely mindful that I live in Australia where we are fortunate to have over-the-counter access to emergency contraception and we can get it quite easily. But I do understand that this isn't the case everywhere in the world and access is limited and harder to come by in some places. Sometimes you need a prescription, which obviously takes more time to get a hold of the actual medication. And in some places it's not accessible at all. So this is why understanding your cycle is important. This is why knowing what your options are, knowing what's available for where you live is so important because you want to know the likelihood of pregnancy according to when this accident happened in your cycle. Because I'm in Australia, I'm going to talk about the process and the most commonly available options in Australia. But please know that this may vary depending on where you are in the world. And it is really worth doing some research into the rules and the regulations and the availability where you live so that you don't have to do a mad Google search when you need the information. Planning ahead and having an idea now when there's no urgency will really set your mind at ease. These types of medications are more effective the earlier you take them. And so you want to make sure you have easy access in an emergency and you might like to even organize some in advance so it's on hand if you do ever need it. You may never need it, but it might be kind of nice to have it at home ready for you if ever you did and if you knew that pregnancy was not an option for you right now. So the two main types of emergency contraceptive pill that are available in Australia are LNG and UPA, and both are available without a prescription in Australia. So LNG needs to be taken within 72 hours or three days of having sex, and UPA can be used up to 120 hours or five days after having sex. So you have a pretty decent window there. LNG is considered about 80 to 90% effective and UPA is considered 98% effective. If you can't access either of these pills, your other option is to have a copper IUD inserted within five days of sex. This is obviously a long form of contraception, a long-term form, so you can't really just have it inserted and then taken out again a week later. But this is a legitimate and effective option if you cannot access emergency contraception where you live and if you're prepared to use the IUD for birth control for a period of time afterwards as well. So now I want to take some time to talk about how emergency contraception works because there's a lot of um, a lot of false beliefs about this one. So emergency contraception ultimately works by stopping or delaying ovulation. So if you have already ovulated in that menstrual cycle, it's not going to be effective. If you have already, if your egg has already been fertilized, if you are already pregnant it's not going to be effective. So this emergency contraception does not terminate a pregnancy. It delays ovulation. And that's why it's really important to know whether or not you have actually ovulated before actually taking it. So again, knowing your cycle, knowing your fertile window is incredibly important. The sooner you take emergency contraception, the better your chances are of avoiding pregnancy. So I said with um, LNG, it's 80 to 90% effective. That 90% effectiveness comes when you take it 
quickly after having sex. It drops, the effectiveness will drop down the longer you wait. These emergency contraceptive pills, they obviously contain artificial hormones and they work by stopping or delaying ovulation. So if they're taken before ovulation has occurred, they prevent the surge of luteinizing hormone that then stimulates the ovarian follicle to release an egg. They can also have an effect on your cervical mucus, so it makes it more difficult to sperm to reach the fallopian tube, similar to how the contraceptive pill works by blocking the production of that fertile quality mucus. But like I said, if sperm has already fertilized an egg, then the emergency contraception won't work because it's been taken too late. So you can see how important it is for you to know where you are in your cycle and to confirm whether or not ovulation has happened to know, first of all, if it's required and whether or not it's going to be effective. And that's why taking it early is better. So there's always a chance that you've ovulated after having after having the unprotected sex, but before taking the emergency contraception if you wait that three-day window, five-day window. You want to be taking it as soon as possible. So what do you do? What do you do once you've taken it? After taking this emergency contraception, you really need to make a follow-up appointment with your doctor, um, explain that you've taken it, and you want to be doing this within about three weeks. And you really want to discuss whether or not you need to be taking a pregnancy test to check that it was effective, as well as getting a screening test for F STIs if needed. Because if you've had unprotected sex, there is that risk there as well. And you also want to discuss your longer term contraception needs. So this is a little bit of a touchy one because there's a good chance that you're going to be instructed or advised to then take hormonal birth control. So do with that what you will, because I know that that can be a really awkward conversation to have with your doctor when you are practicing natural birth control. I've been there, I know. Um, but it is really important to at least speak with a doctor or a qualified health professional um, afterwards just to make it, make them aware that you've had this. Um, and it's really important as well if you haven't had a menstrual period within three weeks of taking emergency contraception. Sometimes your menstrual cycle can be impacted by these hormones, but again, if you haven't had a period within three weeks, there is all that also that chance that your period is late because you are pregnant. So we really need to get a healthcare professional involved in these early stages. If you're taking this medication and you're breastfeeding, it's also recommended that you avoid breastfeeding for three days after taking emergency contraception too. So avoiding breastfeeding for three days is tricky, I know, but I'd be recommending pumping in that time as well, um, pumping and dumping so that your milk supply isn't being impacted. So the big question, I guess, is will this emergency contraception delay my period or impact my fertility in any way? So the sudden dose of hormones that are preventing ovulation can have an effect on your menstrual cycle. So ultimately, we're preventing that luteinizing hormone surge and blocking ovulation. So it makes sense that it would have an effect on your cycle. But it should regulate quite quickly. And that's why I recommend seeing a doctor Um within that sort of two, three week window after taking it. And if it doesn't return after three weeks, it's really important to speak for someone for advice as well. So unfortunately, not everyone can take this emergency contraception. So both types are considered quite safe with no serious long-term complications, but many women will notice some side effects after taking them. So these could be things like fatigue, nausea, vomiting. Um, you might have stomach pain or diarrhea, headaches, dizziness. And because of the hormone changes, you might notice some tender breasts. You might notice increased vaginal bleeding. That could be bleeding after taking it, or it could be bleeding during your next period, and you may have some skin reactions as well. 
there are also some pretty significant contraindications and you shouldn't be taking emergency contraception under the following circumstances. So again, this is why it's best to sort of discuss your options with a pharmacist or a doctor who's familiar with your history. And while you can get these medications without a prescription, if you can see your doctor quickly, it is really best to discuss with someone who knows you before taking them and why it's always good to sort of organise all of this in advance, have it on hand so that it's there if you need it, but you're aware as to whether or not you have any potential contraindications. So there are possible potential contraindications with this and also absolute contraindications. So possible contraindications are if you suspect you're already pregnant, if you're taking some other medications, especially for epilepsy, tuberculosis, HIV, fungal infections, or anything containing St. John's wort. Um, Other things as well, like if you have high blood pressure, if you have diabetes mellitus, ischemic heart disease, any history of stroke or breast cancer, if you have liver disease, if you have a gastrointestinal disease that can affect your digestion, your absorption of food, or if you're having vomiting or severe diarrhea. So they're potential contraindications. We then have absolute contraindications where you cannot take this medication and they're pregnancy, obviously. If you've had previous unprotected sex more than 72 hours earlier in the same menstrual cycle, because again, you may already be pregnant. So if you haven't, if you've had previous unprotected sex and you haven't done anything about it and then it happens again within 72 hours or more than 72 hours, then you really can't take it. If you've had any vaginal bleeding of unknown cause, if you have breast cancer, if you have any allergies to any ingredients listed, or if for whatever reason, if the tablets just don't look right, if you they look like they've expired or the packaging's been tampered with or torn or looking a bit funny, if someone gives it to you, for example don't take it. So this is why, yes, it's fantastic that it is freely available over the counter in Australia, but it's one of those things where you really do need some medical input and advice as well. So like I said, you want to be prepared for this one. So that's all I wanted to talk about today. It's like I said, it came up in conversation and it was a really interesting conversation that got me thinking about you know, what would happen if you went to see someone who didn't really understand the menstrual cycle and didn't have that level of training and said, yep, you're fine, or routinely gave it to you, even if it wasn't necessary. So I hope that helps. I hope that answers questions. And I hope it's something that, you know, helps you or encourages you to come up with a bit of a plan if you are practicing natural birth control, because like I said, nothing is 100% foolproof. And it's nice to have that little bit of a plan in place for your own peace of mind. That's it for this episode. You can get today's show notes with everything that I've talked about um, at fertilityco.com.au forward slash 65. Bye for now. And don't forget that knowledge is power, especially when it comes to natural birth control too. When you understand your body, you're empowered to make informed decisions and take control of your health. Until next time. If you've made it this far, you deserve a huge virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Fertility Co. podcast. New episodes are released every Wednesday, so make sure you hit subscribe now so you don't miss when the latest goes live. Why not make my day and leave me a quick rating and review while you're over there? If you want more, head on over to Instagram at Fertility Co., slide on into my DMs and say hello, or you can visit fertilityco.com.au forward slash podcast for show notes and access to all of the freebies that I talked about in this episode. Until next time.